Welcome to the Musea Podcast. This is episode number 30, and I am Michael Howard, the founder and CEO of Musea. For this episode, I had the pleasure of talking with wedding photographer Reese's Valladares. He's down in South Florida. Uh, but before we get to um, our conversation, I just wanted to mention real quick um, about the Musea Gathering and kind of an update about that. Um, as you know, uh, we unfortunately were not able to hit our goal uh, for the crowdfunding campaign of the Musea Gathering, uh, but that's okay. So what we've done is we've gone ahead and launched a Plan B. Um, and so if you're interested in seeing uh, a new direction for the gathering, um, you can find out about that by going to museagathering.com. Um, what we're going to do is we're actually going to do uh, a bunch of smaller gatherings now, and we're launching it as like a traditional website and um, you know selling the tickets in a traditional model. Uh, you can buy your ticket all the way up until basically the day before the event. Um, so what we're going to be doing is the first gathering is going to be in New York City, and it's going to be at the end of February, so February 26th, 27th, and 28th. And at that gathering, we're going to have Jin Huang, Spencer Lum, and John Dolan Holgerthos are going to be talking each of those days. Um, and we're also going to be having, Jin's actually going to have a couple guest speakers there. Um, they're going to have Richard, she's going to have Richard Photo Lab there, and um, the photo editor, or I guess the editor, uh, of the rough old blog, which is a, which is a wedding blog there in uh, New York city. And so it's going to be a great time. Um, the tickets are $750 and it's just the same for everybody. And uh, we're selling up to 50, uh, tickets and no more than that. We're going to cap it there. Um, and so, yeah, you just come and then every day you're going to learn from a different photographer. And so you'll have four different photographers, uh, to learn from, and there'll be a representative of Richard photo lab there the whole time. If you have questions, about um, what they do or um, just anything from like a lab perspective, I would say. So yeah, so that is what is going on at the gathering now. And so uh, in July 2013, we're going to try to do one in Seattle. Uh, so working on the details of that, who's involved and everything. And then from there, we'll just uh, go into a bunch of other cities and hopefully we can take this to some other countries and things like that as well. So I'm actually in some ways a lot more excited maybe about this idea than the other one. The other one was... The crowdfunding model is going to be such a huge event, um, and it just needed, you know, a lot of planning, and there's just a lot of uh, costs involved with that. So with this one, it'll be a lot smaller, a lot more nimble, very manageable, um, and we'll be able to take it kind of on the road, I guess. And so it'll be very cool. I'll be there, you know, every day, just kind of hanging out. And uh, so if you want to talk to me about music or anything, then that's fine, and we'll I'll just be there in kind of a more of a casual sense, but. The gathering is definitely going to be more about the photographers and them, you know, educating you guys and sharing their wisdom um, through uh, everything that they've learned basically through the years. So I just, you know, really appreciate everything that all of you have done to encourage me. Um, you, you know, even though maybe we didn't hit our goal, you still wanted to see the gathering kind of continue in, in some form or another. And so I'm just so thankful that um, you guys are behind this and you just want to see it succeed and just continue on. So uh, I hope you really like this new direction. Um, and you, uh, just again, you can check it out at museagathering.com. Um, also, real quick, I just wanted to mention for the people that use um, our online proofing service that we have, uh, we are working really, really hard on phase two right now. Uh, and so we're going to be rolling out 
some new features hopefully within um, two weeks from now hopefully hopefully and so um, we'll be adding like a favorite system we're going to be massively improving the emailing system that we have through there um, making the tagging a little more efficient uh, and just a whole bunch of things um, we're going to be looking hopefully we can hopefully add um, online storage we're going to be looking into that um, and then we're also poking around possibly with connecting to a lab so but we've just got to estimate costs on those last two things because they're really heavy uh, in terms of programming costs and things like that so so we'll see where those go but it's in the works and um, yeah we're trying so if you if you need online proofing or want to learn more about it just go to mymusea.com and you can learn about that there um, I'm excited about the new features we have coming and I think that's going to really help improve the store and help all of you guys out there it's a lot more work so Anyway, with that said, we are going to move on to the podcast um, and our conversation uh, with Reese's. So I'm excited. This guy is uh, amazing. Film shooter, uh, Southern Florida, like I said. Um, and so what we talked a lot about was the essence of wedding photography. Uh, we talked about why he shoots 90 95% of his work in black and white, um, the importance of personal work, and how he achieves his classic and timeless style. So... I think you'll really love um, what Reese's has to say. Uh, he's a great guy, and uh, I'm glad I had the chance to talk to him. So thanks you so much for listening, as always, and uh, we'll see you next week. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me in your car, by the way. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm not texting right now, so don't worry. <laughs> this is the first uh, yeah, podcast we've had where somebody's uh, driving in their car at the same time as doing this. So um, this should be fun and interesting at the same time. So it'd be good. Um, the first thing I want to know is just how you got started in photography. Uh, so just what your history is and all that Mm-hmm. Uh, well, nothing special, nothing crazy. Um, you know, I've just been around cameras all my life. Um, I I lived in Cuba as a little as a little kid, and uh, you know, my cat, my dad always had this uh, crazy old Russian cameras. I remember, I think the first camera was some sort of Louisville, I think. Um, so yeah, I've always been around them, and you know, a good friend of my dad had a dark room, so I remember kind of like uh being part of that every once in a while so um you know just always had a camera with me and growing up so eventually i just uh kept doing it by myself i've always did it by myself so you know one day i just decided to 
do it professional because you know it that's what I love to do and it all went from there nothing I'm not uh properly training photography I just learn it all by myself like I said you know growing up as a little kid so no schooling or no no, no schooling no BFA none of that stuff so yeah sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> no I mean I think a lot of people are in kind of your shoes a lot of people nowadays are i think self-taught or just through the internet you know mm. um so when did you start i guess like taking money for jobs or paying or you know charging for your work um i still don't take money up oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh so yeah i think i've been doing it around it's gonna be around 10 years now maybe um I want to say it's going to be around 10 years. And like I said, I always did it for myself. And, you know, I, when it comes to photography, I only like people related photography. Uh, while I'm not necessarily a portrait person, um, you know, what I really enjoy is, is that people, I mean, like, you know, I couldn't go to, you can put me in the nicest, prettiest landscape, the best light, and that wouldn't interest me at all. So since I always had this, you know, attraction, I've always been drawn to people, um, you know, it just went from there because, like I said, always had a camera with me. And then it's like, oh, wow. You know, I remember, I think that going to a friend's weddings or even my own wedding, it's like, wow, this is pretty interesting. I like this, um, you know, mixture of emotions and all this craziness. It really, really um, uh, turned me into it. So I guess that's when I said, well, maybe I should be crazy enough and try to do this for a living so that's that's how it went um but yeah it's pretty much my my craziness with the human nature i guess um so yeah so i think that i did a wedding for some kids that were looking for a wedding photographers and it just went from there you know just pure random luck in a yeah. way i would say so are you a hundred percent film because you obviously grew up around film Mm-hmm. Yes, I am 100% film. I, I, I did a little bit of film when I started, and then, of course, I went to digital, and uh, mainly because, you know, there were no labs and nobody around here, especially in South Florida area. I, I, there wasn't anybody really that I could trust. Um, so I went back to digital. I mean, I went to digital. And then eventually reconnecting with Jose Villa and, you know, knowing that there's all the labs in all the places in the country. Uh, after trying it out for a little while, then I just went back to film because I really, I really like the look. Um, I'm not uh, one of these film geeks. Like, uh, you'll see a lot of guys going crazy about the film, um, you know, technical aspects. I mean, I just like the look. And what I really like the most is actually the printing part of it. So... Uh, to me, a black and white print in a fiber, there's nothing like it. That's, that's mainly why I do it. Yes, film is great, but to me, it's all about the printing. So, yes, 100% film, and out of that film, about 95% of my work is shot and done in black and white. Nice. So do you have your own darker then? Like, do you deliver fiber-based prints to your wedding um, clients? Yes, there are some clients that request that so yes i do have a dark room in my home and i love it uh it's um I actually i haven't printed in a couple of months because you know wedding season and traveling is crazy but once everything winds down then i spend a lot of time in my dark room printing not only the wedding work but also my my personal work 
to me, the dark room makes me a better photographer, believe it or not, because I'm not the greatest printer. I'm not going to tell you that I'm, you know, a great darkroom geek. I mean, and but in a way, going through, if I have to, like, if I do a wrong composition, my lighting is wrong, you really pay for it when it comes to printing. And that's what really opened my eyes to so like, okay, I got to be more careful. It's not just like I'm shooting film. It's more like, you know, if I really want to print this by hand and, and you know, have this complex lighting situation, I need to do it right. Because otherwise, I don't want to spend, you know, three hours pulling up a print. I don't want to spend too much time. So it really made me uh, very conscientious about how I was actually shooting uh, you know, being in the dark room, and again, the only the other aspect of it that really makes me uh, love it so much is just you, you're so in tune with your work. Like I said, not only because it makes you better, it makes you realize your flaws, but it's more the relationship to your work is uh, it's more intimate, as I see it. So yeah, I mean, I when I went to college, I learned for four years on uh, film and in, in the dark room and all that, and so. I definitely understand what you're saying about um, just the time. It almost gives you basically, it almost forces you to spend like critical thought yeah. on your work. Uh, yeah. Where with digital, it can get so, the nature yeah. of computers is so hectic that you tend to yeah. like, oh, let me check my email while I'm doing this. And yeah. where the dark room, it forces you just to focus. You right. Know? I wouldn't say it's a digital. It can be. Even if you should film and you don't print, I mean, because you can then mess yeah. around in Photoshop and do some posts. But I, if you really want to spend time doing it in the dark, I think that makes you even. I mean, it's crazy. I'm not saying everybody should do this. But I mean, I guess everybody should at least try to print one time in their lives because it's an amazing experience. It's And it's not the romanticism of like, oh, the, the thing coming up. It's more, like I said, uh, that, you know, closeness between you and your work. It's not just... You know, because as a film shooter, I should send it to the lab because I don't like development. I don't care about development. That just turns me off. Um, you know, send it to there. But once I'm printing it, then I get back to, you know, the, the closeness between what I'm producing and the actual final output, which I consider to be very important. Yeah. Are you, with your wedding stuff, are you working alone at these or do you have like an assistant or anything? Yes, I work 100% alone. Um, <laughs> I, I am the odd wedding guy out. I'm not, <laughs> you know, it's not only by, you know, if you look at my work, but also my behavior. Um, I think that, you know, people are going a little bit crazy with wedding photography. And this is, in my opinion, it's not digital. or It's digital and film shooters. I mean, to me, I see that wedding has become this circus where the essence of, wedding photography has been lost and it's i find that sad but anyway i shoot alone because i i'm first of all i'm not a good teacher to teach anybody else to see how i see not that i'm implying that i'm better or worse but it's just my approach my way and on top of that is a personality you know the wedding is not about me it's you know i just want to be i see myself when i'm shooting a wedding as a you know as an introvert i don't want to be on top of anybody. I mean, I will be on top of you when I'm shooting pictures, but it's not like, you know, I don't want to be like, okay, that's a photographer guy, you know. I want to be around, you know, walking around, blending, scene, and documenting. And to me, having a team of even two people, that's too much. 
I mean, I have my approach, I have my way. I like to be calm, quiet, you know. I'm all over the place, but it's more like it's very smooth transition from place to place. And yes, people will know that I'm the wedding photographer, of course, but I'm not like the, you know, loud guy that, you know, I'm average height, you know, I'm not a big guy, I'm not a small guy, so I can blend in with pretty much everybody. And then, you know, depending where the wedding is, of course, I blend with the outfits and the look, but uh, yeah, I want to be alone because it's just, I want to, I know if, but if you shoot in a wedding, there's a certain, you know, timeline, things will happen no matter what wedding you do, and there's always a, a routine, right? But I want to try to keep that as undisturbed as possible. I don't know if that makes sense. So I, I, I don't want to try to influence anything with my presence or how I work. So, you know, it's hard to do that when you have more than one person. Of course, everybody has their, you know, their approach and their styles. And I understand some people want to get 27 different angles, more power to them. To me, um, you know, that's not that important. And to my clients, of course. Um, Yes. Um, Real quick, just kind of uh, a little more, I guess, a little gear stuff. I mean, like, what are you shooting with? Like, I mean, because I'm assuming that your camera choices obviously reflect the same beliefs that you just kind of expressed. Yes, yes. Well, um, believe it or not, I was shooting a lot of Leica, but again, when I started, I've never been a big fan of a ratio of 35 millimeter, you know, cameras. I like more like six, seven, you know, that, you know, four by five by 10, that ratio, uh, two, two thirds. I'm not a big fan, but I was shooting with Leica because it's small, portable, very fast, you know, but, um, eventually I started, um, you know, as a challenge, actually, I, I was always like afraid of like a, a six by six a square. But there was something about other people's work that always like fascinated me with the square. But in my work, I was like, I suck. I can't do this. You know, it's like, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I did, I self-imposed myself, try to get better, you know, so I was shooting rolly flakes and, you know, so, you know, I started getting into it. But eventually, I, I'm a big wide-angle guy. So eventually, I discovered this Hasselblad super wide camera, which is, uh, you know, just a point-and-shoot. There's no, you know, there's no viewfinder. It's a camera and the lens is bolted. There's no, if you want to compose the viewfinder, you have to take the back out and, and put in a tripod and put a viewfinder and then take it out and put the back back in. So um, basically, it's a point-and-shoot, but it shoots squares wide angle it's very small it's very fast it's very responsive once i i mean with the leica i already shot a lot of my work uh you know zone focus so i didn't have that problem with gauging distances um so i guess what i'm saying i am shooting a lot of medium format right now just with a hasselblad super wide camera and a rolly flex so yes those are just like the leica small portable uh, somewhat fast. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of range finders and not having the big slap in the mirror type of SLR because I want to see what I'm shooting. That's my biggest, uh, you know, my biggest, uh, uh, complaint, I guess my, my biggest dislike of SLRs. I want to see what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. You can shoot, you know, uh, what a eight thousandth of a second, but I still don't see that eight thousandth of a second when that, you know, a mirror 
get uh, you know out of the way to to get frame i want to see it so with digital you can look afterwards with film you can but to me i need to know if i got what i was looking for because then at that point i can take another shot if i can or do something about it but yeah i i, I don't want to be blind i don't want to be blind and whether it's film or digital it's just my i guess my craziness you can think of it that way so yeah so i'm a big fan of you know the cameras that have that are pretty quiet they're small and that i can always see what i'm shooting so i was using leica and i move a little bit over the 35 millimeter because i started to get greedy in the darkroom i started printing really large and um you know and then I fell in love with the square. So yeah, now my gear, what I'm shooting right now, what I've been doing a lot of this year, just a super wide camera and the Rolleiflex. And that's pretty much it. No matter what I'm shooting, when I was shooting Leica, same thing, just two cameras. I like to keep it simple. It's not about the gear. I mean, whether you should film or digital, there's so much technology out there that it's not about the camera. I think it's more about how you use the camera and your approach. I mean, you know, I see people that have Leicas that are very quiet, but then they're not, they don't behave that way. So they offset that portability factor of the equipment with their attitude. So, mm. but, um, so yeah, medium format squares right now to give you the sure answer. Yeah. One of the reasons I wanted to talk with you just because I thought it was really, it's really nice to see good, strong wedding, like wedding documentary work that is still out there. Um, I, you know, I think one of the things that's happened over the past 10 years is some of that has really been lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so where does that come from for you? Just that, that drive for strong documentary work? Well, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of reality and by reality, I don't mean, you know, crappy reality sh- shows. Um, and, and to me, yes, like I said earlier, uh, the essence of wedding it seems to be getting lost, you know, and it's been replaced with, to me, a wedding is, you know, a beautiful day where two families celebrate that they're going to be one, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the most important thing. And that's what I want to record. Um, I, I, you know, in a way, we're shooting for ourselves, of course. We're shooting for the clients. We're shooting for maybe the people that were not in the wedding. And I see it even as I'm shooting for the people that are not even born or the people that will come in the future. And I feel that that has been lost because if you look at most wedding photography right now, it's all about, as I call it, the fluff. It's all about, you know, the material stuff. And, yes, that's important. That's part of the whole, you know, that's part of the day. But I see that more... um, you know, it's more way applied. It's more important, all these other things and what it really matters. Or, you know, when you have your wedding albums 10 years from now, you're not going to care that you had a whatever Vera Wang dress or that you got married somewhere else. So, I mean, that kind of like makes me sad, like I said. So, um, going back to your question, I'm sorry, I get crazy and I, <laughs> I take I go all over the place. But yeah, I mean, I just like reality. I like, you know, I it's also a challenge in a way. It's not only because I don't like, first of all, I'm not good at faking more. Can't do it. Right. So I know that's not my thing. You know, uh, you know, you have someone that can do a great job doing this stylized shooting. That's not my thing. I don't feel it. So I'm not good at that. Uh, second of all, 
I want to do the, you know, try to get that split moment because it's not only beautiful when you capture it, but it's very challenging and it's very rewarding at the same time. And yes, I want to be able to, when somebody looks at an image, no matter who they are, I want them to try to, you know, somehow emotionally get associated with that moment. And to me, there's nothing that can do that better than a real moment. That's why this whole documentary approach. Um, again, you know, I just like reality, I guess. Mm-hmm. That can be the short way to answer, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, do you, I mean, that is definitely like an acquired skill, <clears throat> trying to find, just capture those moments because they're so short. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you walk away from weddings sometimes thinking like, man, I hope I got something? Um. Well, no, I walk away sometimes thinking, you know, I wish I would have done a different way. I wish I would have been more patient because, you know, with with the approach that I take, you know, you have to, there's an opportunity cost, what I call it. And if you're like a you know, business, you know, you know what that means. But basically, the opportunity cost of me getting this shot means that I might miss something else, but this shot is going to be worth it. But sometimes the shot is not going to happen. So, you know, yeah, sometimes, like, I wish I would have done it different. Sometimes I, would have, I wish I would have been more patient. Sometimes, I mean, I can, for sure, I can say every wedding, I'm like, okay, I know that there's this one shot that is going to blow me away, and that's that makes it all worthwhile. So, yes, and sometimes it's a total surprise. Sometimes the shot that I'm thinking that it was like, wow, that's the shot that, you know, that fed my soul for the day and that is going to blow the clients away, then that's not it is something completely different. But, yeah, I mean, there's always, you know, I think that you could you you can't just settle. You always have to be thinking about how you could approach a situation to either get a better shot or, you know, have a better story or, uh, um, you know, how just figure out ways so you can grow and, you know, get better. So, yes, always going to be uh, I wish I could have. Uh, I think I did this, and sometimes we have the the mystery element. So yes. Yeah. What are what are some of the photographers that have had a really big influence on you? Uh, gee, there's so many photographers. Um, and I'll tell about regular photographers. I'm not going to even say wedding photographers. I mean, there's a lot of talented wedding photographers out there, um, but you know, we all know who they are. But I would say, you know, classic, um, you know, classic documentary. I'm not going to mention what everybody mentioned. I mean, uh, Elliot Erwood is, a, I'm a huge fan of Elliot Erwood because of his, you know, sense of humor. I'm a big fan of sense of humor. Mm. I think that, you know, sometimes we take life too seriously. So I like how he can, um, you know, give that element in his work. And no matter what his work is, um you know, whether he's shooting personal or or whether it's, uh, you know, assignment, you always get that element of uh, humor in it. So I think that I would say he's one of the biggest ones. But, of course, you know, all the great masters that have come before, you know, Abdon, Frisson, all those guys. I mean, I think that and, and even, you know, people that we might not have known right now, you know, there's a lot of, modern guys that are making there's this guy 
actually right now that I'm I'm just crazy about his work. Uh, what's his name? His name is Emmanuel Smag or Smeg. I don't know how to mm. pronounce his last name. He's just an amazing photographer, and uh, you know he's just like a documentary guy. He's all over the world doing his own work, and you know um, I'm a huge fan of his right now. Um, so yeah, I mean there's always people that are um, you know inspiring me. Yeah. Um, going through your website and your blog and things, it's very obvious that you, you edit like extremely, extremely tight. Um, so, I mean, even like some of your weddings, you only show like 20 images and on yeah. your blog, you some mostly just like one image per post. Yep. Yep. Um, so talk about the importance of editing very tightly and only showing your best work. Cause a lot of people struggle with that. Um, okay. Well, so the editing starts at the shooting stage. Uh, and I think whether you should film or digital, it's not about the money. Oh, film is going to make me, you know, better. You know, I don't buy any of this. You know, film guys sometimes get too high on their own horse. Um, you know, so, yeah, film will make you better and digital make you, makes you lazy. In a way, yes. Um, you should always try to edit because if you just, if you don't have a vision, it starts with your vision should be like, okay, this is my style, this is my approach, you know, and this is how I'm going to do it. Um, if I don't start editing at the moment that I'm shooting, no matter whether I should film or digital, there's going to be moments that are going to be missed. I'm going to be, if my mind is all over the place, just not paying attention to what's unfolding in front of me, I'm going to miss things. So starting at the shooting, very important, you know, um, not only for the quality of work you're going to get, but then also will help you in your post-processing at the end. We all know how hard it is to, you know, go through hundreds or thousands of images trying to pick one. So that starts there. Now, when it comes to weddings, uh, you know, what I show my blog or my site, I'll, I'll tell you the site. I think that, you know, just because we can shoot, and I want to say we, you know, this is for, I'm sure that, you have film shooters that listen to this and digital shooters. So I'm just, yeah. I'm not, I don't, I don't want these segregations. Like, oh, I'm should film or I should digital. You know, we all are the same. We should all be thinking as photographers, not as film shooters or digital shooters. Um, you know, yeah, I lost my train of thought. So let me try to get back to it. Um, you know, you should, um, you know, like I said, starts with your vision, right? You have to execute on that. You, I, I want to, um, you know, I want to show you only what's important. Uh, when it comes to um, showcasing the website, for example. Oh, going back, I remember my turn of thought. <laughs> I told you, I'm kind of crazy. That's all right. It's um, good. <laughs> um, right, you know, just because you can shoot hundreds or thousands of images doesn't mean that you have to show them all. Even if you shoot them, I mean, how many? Uh, you know, look, look at a. Look at a photo book. I mean, look at a look at a project uh, that somebody does. I mean, it's not about the quantity; it's about the quality. I mean, you don't need. I mean, you can tell a wedding story in 50 images. You know, I'm 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 saying you know standard wedding, nothing you know three three day wedding, nothing. Like. If you take a standard wedding, you know, with the average number of people, you don't need a lot. You know, I mean, you can take one image of the whole getting ready process and that can encompass the whole getting ready process. I mean, yes, of course, we don't have to do it. And, you know, it's not, I'm not saying let's go ahead and do it. But if you say, I'm going to shoot a wedding and I'm going to only give you 
150 images, 100 images. It is doable. And it starts with how you shoot and how you edit and how do you present. So what I'm saying is like, just because we can doesn't mean that's what we have, that we have to show. So that's, that's my philosophy. Now, when it comes to blog posts, I am, like I said, I'm very different to everybody else. If you go to every blog post, you'll see there's hundreds of images. To me, that dilutes the work. You can have, those can be 100 killer images. They can be 100 amazing images. But when you show somebody everything, you are taken away from the experience of, you know, okay, I want to look at this image and I want to find what's in it. I want to really try to connect with it. If I, if you scroll to that like, images and images and images, we're just going to scroll aimlessly and we're not going to take our time to really, uh, you know, experience a work. You know, it's like you don't go to a museum and you see a wall with completely from top to bottom with images, right? No, it's like, you know, you have the work depending on the audience and what they're to do. It's pretty to the point. And that's, that's how I feel about my blog post. I mean, I'm not trying to be like super artsy or anything, but I want people to spend time with the image. I want people to find things in the image. I want people to take it easy. There's no rush. I don't want you to just scroll to the page just to get to the next one because that's going to take away from the experience enjoying the work. As a client, you're going to be like, oh, that's cool. Let me see what's next. Oh, look at the flowers. Oh, look at the dress. Oh, look at this. You know, you just, you have to slow down, slow down, relax. And as somebody, let's say as somebody, as you or anybody that, any anonymous person that can come to my blog, I want them to just relax and also try to identify themselves. I think that if, if you, if you have an image there's always going to be something that you can touch the viewer um, with. So it can be a sad moment. It can be a beautiful moment. It can be a reflective moment. I mean, there's always something that you can make the person identify with, no matter what they're looking at. And that's what I want. I don't want it to be like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Let me see what else is cool. No, I, I don't want that. I want you to take your time looking at it. And that's... That's my whole philosophy with the blog post, why the single image and why the, you know, 10 to 15 images in a wedding uh, portfolio. You don't need anything else. I mean, think about it. When you go to somebody's website, you're just going to get an idea whether, you know, the style matches, which is the number one thing to me. If I were shooting, if I were picking someone to shoot a wedding, I want to look at the style. You can tell somebody's style by 10 or 15 images. If you can't, they don't have a predetermined style. They don't have a style of their own. And it can be anything. It can be documentary. It can be more traditional. Uh, but you should be able to see that in 10 to 15 images. Um, so that's that's it. You don't have to overload them. You know, when they come and meet you, if they think they're interested, you can show them more work. You can show them a big album. You can show them prints. But I think that it is overload of information. It's just too much. And makes people confused. And yeah. if you have confused people... You have people that are not going to appreciate the art because they're like, anybody can do it. Anybody show me 300 images. To me, they all look the same. And I think whoever's going to lose with that is us as photographers and business owners, not the clients. But, you know. Yeah. Um, a lot of your – some of your images, you know, you're not afraid to really have a lot of grain or even motion blur in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
uh, I guess, have you ever had any clients really like, complain about that? And then how, um, why do you kind of allow that? Why is that important for you? Um, all right. Well, I think that something that's very important with clients is communication. And communication starts the minute that they meet you or they call you on the phone. I am very candid and I tell them how it is. I was like, okay, this is my approach. This is how I work. You know, pretty much saying if you like it, great. If you don't like it, it's okay. I, I don't I don't want everybody that calls me to book me. I don't want. I don't want to be a type of photographer because I can't. I can't be everything to everybody. And when somebody has such a, you know, crazy style like me, you can't, you know, there's not every client is going to be for me. And I understand that. And I don't want people to just think that I can be something that I'm not. So starts everything starts with that communication. Say, look, this is how I work. This is how I am. This is what you get. Are you cool with that? Great. If you're not cool with that, not a problem. I'll be more than happy to tell you who can work the way that you want to work. I think that we shouldn't get into this. Like, oh, I need to book every single job. Because that's, again, that's when you start diluting your vision and your style. And, again, once everybody starts looking the same, everybody's going to look the same and appear to be the same to prospective clients, which once more, we all look the same, we become a commodity. I think that's that's the biggest thing that I, the biggest problem I see with wedding photography. Mm-hmm. So why do I shoot blurry and grain? To me, like I said, I believe in reality. Yes, if I were shooting digital, I'm still going to give you Maybe not grain because it's hard to get grain digital now, mm-hmm. but blur. I mean, I believe in that, you know, realism of an image. You know, if I if I were to shoot something that I want to have the, you know, the notion of movement, I need to shoot in a way that I can show that blur. Why not? Not everything has to be stopped and superly, super sharp and perfect. No, I mean, if I want to evoke the feeling of movement uh, or... You know, it can be evoked the feeling of, uh, you know, uh, love and affection through movement. Of course, I'm going to do it. That's why it's going to be blurred. Uh, sometimes there's happy accidents. And, hey, nothing wrong with a happy accident. Oh, wow, this turned out great. This is it. Um, it's just a matter of just, you know, showing. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing against grain. When it comes to grain, you know, that's that's my biggest dislike about digital. Digital is to perfect um which is amazing it's an amazing this digital camera so just a technical feed it's like unbelievable um but to me you know i like and feel uh film to humans you know film is not perfect film has flaws just like we are and that's why i identify with it you know this you know, if, if you go in a, in a dark room and you open your eyes uh, or, or you're in a room and you have your eyes closed for like, you know, a minute or two and you open them, you get all these crazy little things in your eyes. And to me, that's kind of like film. It's not perfect, but it's kind of like real. You know, if mm-hmm. you go with digital and you go in a dark room, you can get like two billion ISO and then the room looks like you had, you know, you were shooting in the sunlight. To me, that's not real. I, I have no interest in that. So if... In the interest of, you know, showing a true representation of the moment or the environment, if that means that I want to have grain and movement, so be it. And this is exactly what I'll tell my clients or prospective clients. This is the way I see. This is the way I feel. You like it? Great. You don't like it? Great. 
Not a problem. <laughs> yeah, looking at your work, I mean, one of the things, even so a lot of people commented on your blog, um, you know, they talk a lot about how your images have feel very classic and timeless. Even your personal work has that same type of feel to it. Um, so how have you been able to avoid the like vacuum of the wedding industry and all the fads and trends that come with that and just kind of really stay true to this kind of timeless classic aesthetic? Well, I, like I said, it, it, you know, I wasn't like that. I, I was doing that type of work also. I mean, it comes to it, – it's a growing process. It's a learning experience. You are learning and you are getting to know yourself and you're getting to know where you really fit in and what you really – you know, what, what the work really tells about you. So it's it's just a process, you know. You you try things and, like, well, this is not me. And, you know, it's, it's an evolving thing. It's um, – you know, it's a learning experience. So yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. You don't start shooting now and say, "This is me. This is my style." And if you look at anybody that has a you know a recognizable style, you know they will tell you the same. You don't go from zero to a hundred. You gradually progress. And so to me, it's like, okay, this is what I like. I like simple. I like you know real. I like you know uh, you know I don't like to me, the the important thing is, you know, that moment or, or that thing that I'm trying to, to, to show you, not anything else that's around it, not, you know, I mean, it's how to describe it. Like, these, the, the, the thing to me is the thing. I don't know how can I say this. Like, um, yeah. You know, everything else, it's relevant. So once I realize that, then, okay, if to me the thing is the thing, that means, for example... I eliminate color because I don't want any distractions. This is why I shoot a lot of black and white. To me, black and white, yes, it is, you know, the biggest fake ever, right? <laughs> I mean, here I am. Here I'm telling you how, like, real, and then I shoot black and white. I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> you know, I mean, we we see in color, then this is not real. But it takes, you know, I mean, to me, color takes away from, um, you know, the moment. I mean, you can have, you can have an amazing, deep, moment or scene or whatever you want to call it and if you know you might be distracted by surrounding elements you might be distracted by somebody else so that's why you know once i came to the realization this is what i like okay how can i how can i try to make my work be this way all the time so i said well i'm going to eliminate the you know this variable so color was one of them and yes of course sometimes color is part of the story and when the color is part of the story then i will have color and you know a lot of clients ask me well i see a lot of black and white what's going on and i say well i tell them if color belongs to the story then i'll shoot more color but if color doesn't belong in the story i want like and i give this example like if you get married in an amazing place that it's just like you know a crazy light and you know like that takes part of the story like see you know i've done i've done weddings in um you know like in the crazy part this is this unique place in the middle of the mountain somewhere that now that is part of the story right so then here i'll put color because then the color and the place itself is part of the story now if you're getting married in every in a beach wedding that you know i'm in miami not that I do beach weddings because I don't like them too much. But let's say that if I'm shooting weddings in Miami in the beach, then that really doesn't tell too much 
because there's nothing unique. A beach is a beach is a beach. See, so that's you know that's how in a way I explain that that aspect. But but yeah, going back to the question again, yes, you have to know yourself and you have to grow. And once you grow and you know what you're all about, then you need to figure out what can you do, how 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 you can influence, um, you know, the way that you shoot and how you shoot and what you shoot to make that, you know, style and that vision carry over or carry through. Yeah. Also on your blog, you have a lot of personal work. And yes. I'd love to hear about just how important that is for you mm-hmm. as you grow. Um, yeah. And actually also how how does that help you because you're including your personal work and your wedding stuff on the same blog. So how does that help you with your potential wedding clients as well? Yeah. So if you look at my portfolio side, for example, that is only wedding stuff because that's a wedding portfolio. Now when it comes to blog, yes, I, I don't believe in having all this mixture because I see personal work as one, uh, your, your personal work and your wedding work should be the same. You know, you shouldn't have a style for wedding and a style for personal work and you see the world the same way. You know, yes, you might have different subject matters, uh, but it's, it's the same. It, it, again, your vision and your style is, should be carried out no matter what. You can shoot with an iPhone. You can shoot with a fancy camera. You can shoot film, digital. You can shoot, uh, you know, portraits. If you do wedding portraits or maybe you shoot dogs in your spare time, everything should have a unifying element, which is your style and your vision. Um, so I don't believe in all this mix of different blogs for different things. I want people to know that, you know, this is me. No matter what I'm shooting, this is what you're going to see. And this is what you're going to experience. So, yeah, personal work, I see it as the the wedding clients should love the personal work. To me, that's like what makes you better. That what That's what makes you who you are. I think that photographers that do, do personal work, then they don't love photography. I, I don't see how that can happen. I don't see how somebody can just shoot a wedding and not do any other type of photography. You don't have to do it every day, but there's no reason for you not to have, you know, some sort of personal work because that's what's going to make you better. That's what's going to make you grow as an artist. So I always have a camera with me, no matter what, no matter where I'm going. I always have a camera with me because you never know what's going to happen. You never know, you know, the perfect image, the perfect, you know, moment, the perfect crazy thing can happen in front of your eyes. I want to be there to record it. So that's that's my you know my my philosophy when it comes to personal work so lately i've been doing more like uh you know more okay i'm gonna do a personal work around a certain subject which actually which actually is great because then it forces you to you know you take personal work to the next level you're more disciplined it's not just walking around with a camera and say oh i see this thing happen and, and i shot it then I want to approach a certain subject or a, per, or a certain theme and then do a body of work around that. So, you know, I, I consider that, you know, the next step in this evolutionary process of, you know, vision style and just good old getting better. Yeah. Um, digging into some of your personal work, actually, um, I would love to hear more about some of the portraits you did, I guess, in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um Specifically, I really like the pictures that you had of um, Luisa Nevilla. Mm-hmm. Um, the one of, um, I guess it's 
Avilia's hands mm-hmm. yeah. was um, amazing. And so talk a little bit about the two of them and how you went to, you know, you got the pictures of them and just the story behind all that. Right. Um, well, like I said, I'm not, I don't consider myself a portrait guy. I am not good at it. I cannot. But I started thinking about it. You know, I try to say, well, what, how can I... How can I make? How can I bring my, in a way, documentary approach more to a portrait? Uh, you know, I couldn't just go talk to you and say, "Okay, stand here and look at me." You know, I, I, I you know, the portrait would be really, really bad. <laughs> I mean, so, so I started brainstorming. Well, you know, it's all about to me. It's all about this human connection. This, you know, this capability that we have to just you know be part of each other's life so with that i said well maybe i can you know my portraits can be more like hey you know let's just talk you know and i you know when i see something i'll make a shot it's not you know it's not like okay i'm gonna go take your portrait and do this do this or that and boom 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 one shot that's you know so i said well let me give that a try so i was in brazil for a workshop so um you know, then I went through the countryside with a friend that, you know, she knew this area. She's like, this is going to be a great place. Um, of course, you know, my Portuguese is very rusty, so she was with me. So we just, you know, I brought an 8x10 camera uh, because I wanted to shoot her an 8x10. I wanted that, you know, that I wanted to be that part of the, you know, look, I'm serious about this. This is not like a 20 shots. I'm going to take, you know, five or six shots and throughout you know, the session, I'm just, I just want to talk to you. It's no different than, you know, like what we're talking right now. Mm-hmm. The only difference is like there's a camera in there. It's a big camera, but I'm just, <laughs> happy. I, all I want to do is just talk about, you know, your life, you will exchange ideas, like, you know, just a normal conversation, normal human interaction. Like, you know, it's just a regular I guess, regular conversation. So when they're, you know, explain to them the approach, okay, you know, I want to do this in a certain way. You know, I explain to them how the camera works. Like, you know, just I'm going to put you here. I'm going to focus the camera. That's it. Everything else is just we're going to chat. Um, and that's how it was. We talk. I mean, it's funny because the, the really good story of, of the two of them. So I was, it was like a good hour out of the city, right? So, but they live in this little town in the middle of the mountains. I mean, there's no cell reception, nothing. To make it to, to make it out of the town into the next city, which by city it's uh, a street, you know, just a main highway, and then they have a gas station and a convenience store and a couple of houses. That's the city. So that that gives you an idea of you know this place, how far removed from everything, you know, it's like. They can they cannot be any more completely opposite individuals. You know, I come from a big city, crazy, hectic, and they're in the complete opposite in the middle of nowhere where the big city is like three houses and a convenience store. Um, mm-hmm. So it was just that, you know, she was like, she's like, you know, I feel like I'm in Hollywood, you know. So we're just talking, and you know, and, and it's very, very cute because she she got dressed up. She did her hair. So, you know, we're chatting. I was just photographing this. So it, that was it. That was it. I mean, the the most touching part of it, she said that, you know, um, so Luisa is her mom, so which is the older lady. Um, she was saying how she wants Mr. Wright to come and 
take him out <laughs> on a date to the town, and that town is what I'm telling you, that, you know, two streets and a convenience store and a gas station. So that gives you that, you know, it's like, wow, it's like, you know, it's it's so sweet, uh, but it's so foreign, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, but that was it. That was it. We chatted. We talked about. Um, so I shot a few images with an 8x10, and that one with the hands with the rolly flag. So we just chatting, and I saw her, you know, when she crossed her hands, I just took that portrait, and that's it. Simple. There was no posing, no do this, no do that. It was just, you know, having the presence to look for, you know, uh, the cues of what I wanted to shoot. And in a way, you know, I'm, it's more of a, it's a portrait of her, even though you don't see her face, but you see, you know, you see her, her skin and, and, you know, you can really see the, the toll that the years have taken on her. So, yeah, that's kind of like how I wanted to approach the portrait. And I've been doing more like that. So it's just more like, hey, you know, I see a person that, you know, I want to photograph and I say, hey, I want to photograph you, but I just want to talk about, you know, let's just chat, just talk about our lives, you know. And they ask me about me and my family, I ask them about them or their family. You know, they tell me about, you know, what's going on with their lives. I tell them what's going on with my life and, and that's it. And in between those moments, I just photograph when I see something that really, you know, it can be the whole point is being alert because you can be talking about something. I can be talking about my dog. And that can evoke a feeling, you know, maybe they miss their dogs, you know, or, you know, maybe they had a dog growing up as a kid and, you know, me telling them about my love, my dog and how much I love my dog, that might kick off that emotional reaction. And that's when you make a shot, but you just got to be aware of it. You know, it's got to be thinking it's not tricking them, just knowing that anything can give you an amazing portrait. And I guess that's how I, you know, uh, the approach that I've decided to take to hopefully try to make a decent portrait. Yeah. I mean, you on your blog, you have a quote that says, um, every person we come in contact with, uh, every person we come in contact with in our lifetime helps shape who we are, even if that experience is as short as a 10-minute portrait session. Yep. Um, that quote for me almost sums up, like, your whole approach to, like, everything. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. No matter what, it can be, uh, you know, uh, a moment in the street. It can be, you know, you might not even have a, a, you know, an interaction with the person. But, yeah, anything. Anything can, can shape who you are and how do you, you know, how do you become, behave as a person or, or as an artist. So, yeah, I completely believe in that. Yeah. Um, looking at your portfolio... Especially contrasting your a lot of your personal work with your wedding stuff mm-hmm. uh, is very interesting to me because, on one hand, you're probably shooting some of the wealthiest people in the world, and then you're also on, on one hand shooting maybe some of the poorest mm-hmm. in some circumstances. Yeah. So I was really curious what you thought about that contrast and how that helps you grow just as a person and as a photographer. Hmm. Well, I mean, you know. I think that, you know, yeah, definitely. I think wealth doesn't define anybody. I mean, I've, yeah, like you say, I've shot, you might have somebody who's very wealthy and they're complete jerks as people <laughs> and they can have the opposite effect. Um, but, gee, how is that? It's interesting. You know, 
I don't like that you make that observation, actually, because I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to think that, because that's, you know, when you shoot people that, you know, hmm, that's interesting. I want to look at my work, because I don't do it with that purpose. Um, I just want to photograph people that have a story to tell. Yeah. You know, so hmm, that's interesting. And I only saw, I mean, it's only obviously just on your blog because that's where you put uh -huh. both bodies right. of work. But, right. Um, I wondered if it was in a way like your personal stuff is you needed something to balance the wedding stuff because you're in such a fantasy world with a wedding. Right. And then you needed some sort of reality. Well, um, it can't, it could it. be like that because actually when I'm, let's say, if I'm doing a destination wedding, um, yeah, and let's say that you're in this whatever, let's say in a resort or whatever. I yeah, I like to then explore like the real people afterwards. So in a way, I guess it's you can think you know maybe without thinking about it that that can be the case, or maybe it's just like it can be as simple as I really haven't thought about it. It might be just you know I want to shoot. I'm done with the wedding now. I want to shoot for me and. This is the only access that I have because if I'm in a foreign place that I don't know, I can't wander around too much. So, I don't know. I really haven't made a, a conscience, a conscient, uh, uh, I really a have, yeah, about it. But I don't know. That's an interesting yeah. one, actually. I'll think more about that and get back to you one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you're flying off to your wedding here, you can, uh, <laughs> you can think about that on the plane, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah, what's up with all the dog pictures? Oh, I love <laughs> dogs, man. And again, that's another thing. As as a kid growing up, I've always had a dog, always. So to me, they're they're a huge part of my life. So, and again, traveling and seeing how you know it's not about the people, but also the dogs. And it's amazing how dogs can be very pampered or not, depending on where you are. So that's 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 that. My love for dogs and then this interest in seeing how different lives can be and for something as simple as, you know, a canine. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um, that's it. I mean, yeah, I love dogs, man. <laughs> yeah, I love – yeah, I love those pictures. And it's interesting that you brought up Elliot Irwin earlier because mm -hmm. he shot a lot of dogs yeah, too, correct? Yeah, he's yeah. the dog guy. Yeah, <laughs> have, have you seen um, Keith Carter's book called Bones? I think I've seen a few of his shots. Yes, I haven't seen okay. that book, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that book I, is ridiculous. Yeah, it's have, just dogs. So. I have his website, Mark. I check them out every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, great book. Yeah. Um, well, last question mm -hmm. uh, I have is basically just what it, what advice do you have for photographers that are maybe just starting out and getting into the industry? Mm, don't take my advice. Okay. No, <laughs> um, look, the best advice I can give, all right, it's you have to figure out who you are. I mean, again, it's you cannot be someone to you cannot be everything to everybody. You have to be who you are because if you are not who you are, that shows in your work, and if shows in your work again, you are just gonna be another photographer and I think this applies to no matter what you do you can be a gardener you can be 
anything. But if you, if, if through your work, you don't show who you are, if you don't show your, your footprint, then you become just another one around. And when that happens, you know, people are not going to look for you. You know, it's very easy to have, okay, I have 10 gardeners. They all plant the roses, red roses in this position, in this place of the house. Then it doesn't matter. There's no, you know, you know, why, why should I hire this garden? Why should I hire you over the other gardener? You know, you're just doing the same thing. So, uh, you know, your, your worry becomes less valuable. Uh, because you're not being yourself. And you know what? And if you specialize in the red gardener, then try to do the best job you can by putting your, you know, little grain of you. I mean, it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy at all. Um, and, and, you know, that doesn't mean that you have to be radical. That doesn't mean that you have to, okay, I am going to be crazy. I am going <laughs> to, the way to do this, I am going to get, a, you know, a 10 types and I shoot the weddings in 10 types. You know, no, 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 you don't have to be crazy like that, but you just got to do, figure out who you are, figure out what makes you, you as the artist, you know, and as a person as well. Hopefully you know yourself as a person. Um, and then just work towards that. Just what, you know, and always, you know, chip it in a little bit. It's kind of like you are molding yourself. You are, uh, you know growing you are you know fertilizing your, your your artistic side but if you don't know who you are at your core if you don't know um you know who you are as an artist it's going to be very hard because a cool thing can happen as oh yeah i'm going to do that and then that cool thing is cool for x amount of time and then the next cool thing oh yeah i'm going to do that and then what happens is like you're never going to be you you know, yeah. it, it's like your work, you know, it's not, oh, that can be so-and-so's work or it can be so-and-so's work or it can be so-and-so's work. I mean, it's it's very hard. It's very hard. And it's not it's not an ego thing. You know, I don't say, I don't want people to think like, oh, I want them to know that I shot this. Yeah, my my style and signature is visible through the shot. No, not it's not an ego thing. But if, you know, if you don't differentiate yourself, why would somebody hire you? Why would I say, you know, I want to be my wedding photographer? Why? Um, you know, the people that come to me, they like documentary and they like this approach. Um, you know, they don't want to have to do taking pictures of, you know, crazy stuff all day long. I will shoot the family portraits, of course, but that's not the point of it. I will shoot a couple of bride and groom's uh, portraits if they want to, but that's not the essence of it, you know. The essence of it is this documentary thing that, you know, you can give that album or you can shoot the prints to, you know, somebody that couldn't make it to the wedding. And I wanted to feel like they were part of that, you know, or like the kids when they're later on looking at the album. I wanted to feel like, oh, wow, I kind of get that. I kind of like I can feel the, the emotion. I can feel the love. I can feel the, you know how crazy it got because, you know, it rained on your wedding day. That's what I want people to feel. So that's the people that are going to come to me. The people that want different styles, they will not come to me. And the reason for that is because I'm very, very specific. This is my signature. This is my style. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, great. So, um, you know, just awesome. be yourself. Find yourself and be yourself, I guess. That's uh, yeah. advice.
Good. I love that answer. So, Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I love your work, and I love your outlook on just life and photography. It's very, very inspiring. Thank you, man. Hopefully, I wasn't too crazy, and people can follow what I said. <laughs>